about what time church started, so I did a little bit of research uh, yesterday evening, and I thought I'd have a little listen to Tony's message uh, last week, and um, I'm a little bit disappointed. You guys haven't done what Tony told you to do, to come and ask for my caravan for holidays. Uh, I was speaking to him, and he actually said he would pay for any of you to hire my caravan out so that you could go on holidays. So I'll be taking bookings after the service. Come and see me, and we'll take some bookings, and Tony will cover it all for you. Um, and you can tell him that when he comes back. Uh, I'm really excited to be here again. Uh, my wife and kids couldn't join me. They're sick at home. Uh, it's been a bad year with flus. Uh, it seems in a family with kids that there's always someone sick. But uh, my little fella's pretty sick today, so we had to keep him at home. So uh, she can't be here, so it's just me. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, get into the word this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, I'm just a, a tool, an instrument for you, Lord. But uh, when you come and you take what I share and you uh, quicken it to people's hearts and spirits, Lord, that it is you who transforms lives. And I just pray that as I speak, Lord, that there'll be something in my message this morning that will strike a chord with people here. Lord, that I'll walk out of this place uh, feeling like that they've heard from you and that you've impacted their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to see a, a show of hands here. Are you a half glass empty person? Put your hand up. There's a few. Or put your hand up if you're a, half, a glass half full person. Uh, there's a few people that are undecided, but they haven't, didn't put up their hands. Um, I'm a half full sort of person. But really, at the end of the day, it is a matter of perspective. And so the title of my message this morning is A Glass Half Empty Perspective. Can we go to the next clip? What do you see when you see that picture? Just yell out some answers. What do you see? Old lady. Young lady. Both. Some people there might be sitting there looking at old lady. What? Some people might even just be going, I just see black and white. <laughs> don't see anything. But when we look at that, yes, you can either see two things. You can either see an old lady or you can see a young lady. Once again, it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of the way you see something. Next one. What do you see there? Shout out. Two faces, vases. And what was that? Two people arguing. <laughs> uh, it does actually look like two people arguing there. I hadn't thought of that before. Once again, a matter of perspective, isn't it? The way you look and see something. Maybe the history or the experiences that you've had in life affects the way you see and view things. Next slide. So this morning I'm just going to share four quick thoughts around perspective and things in our Christian walk where we can have different perspectives on. Uh, the first one this morning is, do you see opportunity or do you just see a challenge? 
Now, I know uh, you guys, I've been talking a little bit with Tony, and he's been telling me that you're heading towards a little bit of a building program, uh, or you've been working towards a build, building program for a number of years now. Uh, I'm involved over at Coolum um, Christian College and Coolum Family Church, and we have a, a school on the site there. And we had planned just uh, after COVID or just toward the end of COVID to do an expansion because the school's growing. Uh, but then lovely old council and government decided to slap a koala habitat ban on our site, which meant that we could not do a thing. Now, our school is growing well. It's, it's developing. There's enrolments coming in as the area on the coast is growing. But we can't grow our school. That is a bit of a crisis, a bit of a challenge. And so we as a, as a team decided that we weren't going to be happy with that and we went and we had a, a fight with council and government. Now who knows that when you fight with council and government, you don't often get very far. Yeah, who's ever had a fight with council? Yeah, if, who works here? Who, anyone here that works for council? We love you council reps. Go and show, you know, be a good example in there. Uh, we love you council people, but uh, we knew that it was going to be a bit of a challenge. But you know, we also serve a God that is far bigger than any challenge or any circumstance that we may face in life. Do you believe that? Do you? Do you believe that? And you know what? Two months ago, or three months ago now, we got a letter after fighting it saying that they removed the koala ban off our school. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's pretty exciting. We have a God that still does miracles. And we've just spent some time this morning singing Waymaker. Like when you're singing it, when, you, when you're saying those words, you're actually thinking about what you're saying, you know. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. That's the God that we serve. I went and I uh, got my bike license once, well, a while ago, um, and when I got my bike license, um, I struggled because I got so focused on what was right in front of me that it actually caused me not to drive very well. And the instructor said to me, if you're going to be a good bike rider, you've got to lift your eyes up and not look at what is right in front of you, but look ahead into the horizon if you're going to drive straight and safely. I don't know about you in life, but we can get so caught up on the challenges that we face that all we see is that challenge that's right in front of us. And maybe this morning what God wants to say to you is don't just look at the challenge, but change your perspective and look up to him, to God, who is bigger and greater than any challenge you can have in your life. I love this passage of Scripture. And I love this story because this is when Moses and the Israelites had left Egypt and Pharaoh had let them go. Now, you remember what these people did when they left? They saw all the plagues before they left. Then they went out and they crossed the sea. You remember that? Like the sea parted. Have you ever been down the beach and watched the sea part? Have you ever tried? Come on. I know. I've tried. Come on, Lord, make the sea part. Hasn't done it for but could you imagine like walking through that with the sea on either side? Like just, that, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? Like what would that do to your faith as a Christian if that happened to you today? 
And not only that, they were fed food from the sky. They saw pillar of fire to lead them down the way that they were supposed to go. Like So they saw God working miraculously right in front of them. And so this story is the part where Moses sends Joshua, Caleb and the ten other spies to go and see the promised land because they had finally arrived. And the spies went out and they checked out the land, remembering that they had seen God move for them all the way up to this point. And when they're in the land, you'd think that they would come back with some faith, but they didn't. They came back and they were discouraged, they were heartbroken, they were downcast. And this is what Caleb says. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we certainly can do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Is there something in your life where you're going, this challenge, this crisis, this thing that I'm facing, it's stronger than me, it's stronger than God. God calls us to change our perspective. This year we had the, um, for those that don't know, I'm, uh, part of my role is managing uh, chaplaincy on the Sunshine Coast. Um, and within this role this year, we had to go and renew four years' worth of funding with schools, and schools had an opportunity to uh, choose a welfare worker instead of a chaplain. Uh, this year, we had six schools decide out of 68 um, that they weren't going to go with a chaplain, that they were going to go with a welfare worker. Could look at that and go, oh, that's, that's pretty sad that we've lost six schools get pretty down on that, drop, drop my head. The other part of the story is that there are over 12 schools who haven't got funding for chaplaincy yet because they're new schools in the area and they said, we want a chaplain. We want a chaplain. We have a choice in life on how we look at things. We can look at the negative, which is the six schools that left, or we can choose to look at the positive, which is that 12 schools want to come on board and have a chaplain in their school and community. What do you want to look for in your life? What perspective are you going to have? And you need to go home this morning. And just have a think about the challenges that you face. Maybe something significant. Maybe you just need to reflect on that and say, Lord, what perspective do you want me to have with this challenge that I'm facing in my life? You know that God wants to speak to you? If you give him the chance, he will. And number two. Do you have a world's view or God's view of yourself. In other words, what is the perspective in which you see yourself? I get to work with many students in high schools. I just did a, a three-day trek with a bunch of boys, um, uh, grade 10 students out the back of Kenilworth State Forest. Um, and when I work with these students, I get to really see how society tells them they, they want to live. I get to see how hard they, they're trying to say the right things and have the right language. 
You know, they were using words with me when we were away, like cash. It's just cash. It's like, what's, what's cash? It's just cash. Okay, it's just cash. It took me a little while to figure out, okay, I, I, I get what you're saying. Okay, you're saying that's good or something. Um, and, and they have this language that they think they need to use. Then the clothes, you know, the Nikes, the, the baggy tracksuit pants, and uh, some of these guys are wearing skate shoes. We're walking 50 k's and they're wearing skate shoes. Now, I don't know, some of you might not wear wore skate shoes before, but let me tell you, they're not very comfortable and they're not grateful doing 50 k's in when you're walking with a backpack that weighs about 20 kilos. So society puts pressure on the way we want to look, on the clothes that we wear, on whether we've got Apple Watches or social media, TikTok. We have a choice whether we're going to live by the perspective, by the way the world wants us to see ourselves or by the way God wants us to see ourselves. I love this uh, verse, Mark 12, 31, and it's really simple. And uh, it's, It says, the second is this, and it's talking about the commands. It's just after God said the first commandment is, I'm sure most of you know this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second commandment is this, love your neighbour as yourself. Have you thought about that? Who's your neighbour? Is it the person next to you at home? Or is it the community of people that you're around that you associate yourself with? And if that's your neighbour, it's saying, love your neighbour as yourself. So if you're to love your neighbour as yourself, the question is, do you love yourself? Or how do you love yourself? Do you have Christ's perspective of yourself? Because if you don't, you can't effectively love your neighbour like Christ calls you to do. I had this conversation with my son two weeks ago. It was awesome, hey. I've walked into the room and he was like, hey, Dad, uh, he's five, um, and he's a real character. I wish he was here because he would just, uh, you'd get it when you saw him. And he was like, hey, Dad, you're the strongest man in the world, aren't you? And I was like, yes, son. I am. Pretty good. He's like, you know what, Dad? Dad, you're bigger than the Hulk, aren't you? It's like, yep, I'm bigger than the Hulk, son. Dad, Dad, if someone comes into this house at night, you can bash them, can't you? Well, yes, I can, son. I can, I can do that. I'm big, I'm tough, I'm good. Yeah, that's me. Puffed me up totally. Loved it. A couple of hours later, it was so funny how this happened on the same day. I was hanging out with my two-year-old daughter. We are just playing, mucking around, and she comes over and she pats me on the tummy and says, Hey, Daddy. You're a little bit fat, aren't you? <laughs> Pull me straight back down again. <laughs> Two perspectives. Think about your Christian walk. You look at your life and you go, you know, are you seeing yourself in the light of the way society says you should or do you see yourself in the light and the way in which God says? Next slide. These are just a few things. And if you haven't done this before, I encourage you to go and read the Bible and find out what it says about you. Let's have a quick read. John 1.12, you are a child of God. Did you know that? You are a child of God. You are sons and daughters of God. You are created in the image of God. How many people struggle with the way they look? 
the way they present themselves. Imagine if we can turn that perspective around and recognise, especially with young people, recognise that they are created in the image of God and they can be happy with the way they look. You are a chosen person. You know God chose each one of you? He's got a plan for each one of you, something for you to do in your life. You are a friend of God. You are loved. You are God's handiwork. You are a conqueror. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a plan and purpose. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? I want to take this picture and and see myself in that light, not what society says I need to see myself as. Number three. Do you live for God's purposes or are you focused on worldly pursuits? Ephesians 2, 1 to 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. When I was trekking through the bush this week, I had a craving for chocolate. Oh, man. By about three o'clock in the afternoon, my body felt like some sweet chocolate. I did take some, but I ate it all the first night. So the second night, I was like, oh, why did I bring two blocks of chocolate? But my wife, I've got to read you this, because my wife just sent me this text message. Hi, babe. You left your Tim Tams in the sun, and they melted so much that one slipped into my mouth. (laughs) My wife, when she was pregnant to our last child, our fourth, she had this insatiable craving for chocolate. I would get a gift and I would take it home and I would turn around, hey, where's that block of chocolate gone? Like, like, kid, it was towards the end of the year um, when she was pregnant and I remember getting these chocolates that, the kids would give me and I'd be taking them home and I'd go to work the next day and they'd be gone. You could have at least left me one, doll. Like, like she just had this craving for chocolate. You know, if there was chocolate in the cupboard, she'd smell it out. I couldn't hide it anywhere. She would find it. She had this insatiable desire to eat chocolate. I wonder sometimes if that's what we're like. And I, I, I first put my hand up and say, this is a bit like me. Do we at times crave and desire for the things of this world? What are some of the things that we crave for in this world? Fame. Crave for popularity. Crave for money. Wealth. Having money is good if we use it right. Also, it can be bad. We crave toys jet skis, boats, fast cars, holidays, trips. I'm not saying they're bad, they're all good in balance, but I'm just saying there's this 
desire, this craving for us to be focused on the things of, that satisfy us, satisfy our needs. Do we desire and crave, have a different perspective, reaching those that don't know Jesus? In the same way that we crave the things of this world. That's a tough one, isn't it? I heard from Tony that you're looking at being a follower of Jesus Christ and doing a series on being followers of Jesus Christ. And what does that mean in a nutshell? To share our faith. Not so that we're bashing people over the head with the Bible, but so that we're sowing seeds whether that be through our example or just a calm word in the right time. Are we doing that, though? Are we helping those that are in need? Those homeless that are around us and in our suburbs and in our streets? Are we helping the single parents that have to juggle three kids? Are we using the things that we're good at to maybe serve a church like this or serve a community? Maybe that means going to a house and mowing a lawn for somebody or fixing a gate. Are we putting God's purposes before ours? Most importantly... Are we spending time with God? Or does the TV win? Well, that's a hard question, isn't it? How much time do you, you spend reading and praying? I was really inspired a couple of months ago by this young couple who I worked with through youth ministry when I was running a youth program. Um, he's married now, he's got three kids. And he's a great carpenter, um, working a really fantastic business on the Sunshine Coast. And he's just given everything up. Him and his wife and his kids have just packed everything they have and have gone to America to study Bible college. I was like, wow. He's only 26. World at his feet. Could be doing anything he likes. Could be travelling over to have a great holiday. But instead, he's giving up everything he's doing to serve the purposes of God on his life. We're seeing Israel being attacked right now. I don't know about you, but when I read Revelations and I, I think about end times, I don't know when God's coming back, but I reckon we're getting closer than what we were. And if that's the case, what's really important? Is it that we share our faith with people? Help people to find Jesus? My principal always says to me, I don't know why you chappies do what you do. You don't get paid very much and don't understand why you keep the jobs that you do. And I always say to her, well, I do. It's because we believe in the purpose for which we're called to do. Galatians 5.16, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary 
to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So there's this constant conflict at battle in our lives to serve God or to serve ourselves. Which one wins? So a few thoughts for you to maybe go home and reflect on is do you prioritise God in your life? Does he have time and space where you get to read your Bible and pray? Is your faith recognisable in your workplace, in your community? Or is it like a light that you've hidden away and nobody knows that you even believe in Jesus? Do you maybe use your finances if you have wealth to be able to help the need and to do things like you were talking about, going and speaking and sharing in uh, communities out back that really need it. Matthew 6, 19 to 20, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. My last point this morning is, do you see people the way society does? or through the lens of Christ, which is love. When I was in school, I had dyslexia. And do you know what dyslexia is? It's, it's sort of a sickness where when you read words jumble around all over the place, you can't understand a thing you do, and it made learning really hard. I got bullied for a while, and I was really challenged at school with trying to deal with this thing because it was quite unknown back when I was a kid. Um, and then one day, my chiropractor, actually of all people, uh, said, "You need it's, it's probably this thing called dyslexia. You need to go and get some glasses to help you out. And so I went, and I got these fantastic, bright, blowfly green glasses that made my eyes look huge. Got a bit bullied about it, but that sorted itself out later. But I went from not being able to read to being able to read because they were green. And so then I went from not being able to read at all to reading just about every book in the library because I developed a love for reading. It's the same with, with our lives. Do we see people as society sees them or do we look at people through those lenses that God gives us? Putting him first. All the people, oh, this is a story about Zacchaeus who was up in a, a tree and he called out to Jesus and he was a tax collector. And Jesus came and called him down and all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too was a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The tax collector back in the time, they were the low of the low. They were the people that were despised amongst society and Jesus went to them. And we are to do the same. I remember sitting at a church in Brisbane. I was actually glad, I don't know, you might remember Glad Tidings Tabernacle Church. It was uh, in, in near the valley of Brisbane, and I was sitting in the row like this, and, and I remember just this homeless person coming. And I, I turned, and I saw it, because you could smell him. Like, 
like it was a big church and, and this smell, you know, I'm sure you've been around homeless people and you knew he was coming and I, and I smelled this smell and I turned around and I was a bit more religious then than I am today and, and he's walking towards me and I'm like, oh, I just, just park there, hey, like just stay over there a bit. And, I, and he kept coming down towards me and then he decided that he was going to come into my row. And I, I'm sitting here and so I get right over the way here so that, you know, I don't, don't want him to fall on me, he might make me sick or something, and, and then as he goes to walk past, he falls on me. And I think that was God actually doing something in me, and I was like, ah, oh, get this guy off me, like he's dirty, he's homeless, he's, you know, got, like, I don't know, like he stinks, like alcohol and smoke, and I just don't want to be near him. And then he moved on and he sat near me, and I smelt him the whole service. God really spoke to me after that. He said, I love that guy just as much as anybody and you couldn't get further away from him if you tried. Wow, that was confronting. But that's the lens of which God wants us to wear. The lens that sees people as people that are loved. You know, when you walk down the beach and you see the same, I'm going to touch on a touchy issue here, you see the same sex couple holding hands, what do you do? Do you turn your back and walk quickly the opposite way? You know what? They need Jesus just as much as anybody else. You don't have to like a person's behaviour. You don't have to like what a person is doing, but you need to, and God tells us to, if we're followers of Jesus, if we call ourselves Christians, we need to love them. No matter what. When I read the Bible, I don't see love them if they see themselves as a donkey. We have kids at school that think they're cats and dogs. I have kids that I work with and I was having a conversation with a teacher the other day and he was like, ah, I just don't like this kid. He's always misbehaving and just really rubbishing the student. And I just stopped and I said to him, mate, you know what's going on for that kid? He's like, no. He's like, oh, I do. He lives at home with a stepmom. Mum and dad don't want him. Stepmom's in one relationship after the next. Some of those relationships are abusive. Alcohol's involved. Sometimes they go two or three days without food. The F word is used more often than anything else in the house. And you're worried about his behaviour at school and wonder why he's behaving like he is. We need to take the lens of Christ and put them on our eyes and fix them on our eyes so that when we are looking at people, we can see their worth and value like Christ does. Therefore, as God's chosen people, Colossians 3, 12 to 14, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. 
If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What's your perspective on the people that surround you? So this morning, is your cup or your glass half full or half empty? In other words, is your perspective the one that sees the challenge and consumed by the challenge? Or is it one that sees the opportunity of what can God do in the midst of that challenge? Is it a perspective of the world's view on how you should see yourself according to what society tells you? Or is it seeing yourself as the way God sees you? Number three, is it that you have a perspective about living for God's purpose and what he has planned for you and the desires of your heart? Or is it to follow worldly pursuits of fame and glory and wealth? Number four, do you have the perspective that sees people the way that society sees them, as sinners, as troublemakers, as dirty? Or do you see them through the lens of Christ that causes you to love them? unconditionally awesome let's pray um, we were just singing the song this morning Waymaker and um, the other song and, and I just really felt and I don't know if you do this in this church but I come from a church that likes to pray for people and, and I was just there in prayer and I might have got it totally wrong but I just felt that there were people here this morning that were facing challenges that, they, that, are consuming, that are consuming you. Something in your life that has been a real struggle for you. And I just want to pray for those this morning. And if that is you this morning, I'd love you just to stand so I can just pray for you. I'm not going to ask you what that challenge is, but I just really want to pray for you. Um, so is there anyone here this morning that is like that, that you have a challenge or an obstacle in your life that you've just... Uh, being consumed with, that you haven't had God's perspective on and um, that you would like me just to pray for you this morning. Is there anyone here? Uh, just quickly stand so that I can pray for you. Awesome, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you that... Um, you have put this word on my heart and I pray, Lord, that you will use this word to come and move in people's hearts and lives here. And I just pray, Lord, that as we face challenges in our life, Lord, Lord, that you'll help us overcome those challenges, Lord, that you will give us the perspective of you, Lord, Lord, that we'll have the hope to believe that you are a great miracle worker, that you are the God who gives hope in hopeless situations. And I just pray for miracles to take place in people's lives and in people's areas that they're challenged with. And Lord, I just thank you for this great bunch of people. May you bless them as they go about their day and week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for having me again. It's been a great um, privilege to share with you. Thank you so much, Mark. And as Mark said, um, he's here this morning. If you would like to seek prayer from him, um, and you know that we are always here at River Life to pray for each other as well. Tony may not be here this morning, but Dave's here. Um, I'm here. 
honestly turn to the person next to you. We just love to pray for each other for whatever it is, whether it's for yourself or someone else, whatever's in your heart this morning. Um, we'd love, love, love to pray with you. And um, we're just going to end with one more song this morning before you can head on out um, and find some cool wind and breeze today, I hope. <laughs> so join me in worshipping our God today.